Good to see you today. Man, weren't the kids just wonderful? I got to be here for both services and see that. Man, they were great. So thanks, kids. That was good stuff. Well, today is week three of Advent. Advent are these four Sundays before Christmas. So that means one more. Next Sunday, we'll meet here next Sunday morning, and then boom, Christmas will be here the next day. Advent, or the Advent of Jesus, means coming. Advent means coming. So Jesus came, and we're getting ready for that uh, on Monday the 25th. But Jesus is coming again, and with all the goodness of Christmas. I mean, anybody have a little bit of goodness of Christmas? Like, woo! anybody ready for yeah, okay. There's, I mean, there's the beauty of Christmas and the gifts and the family and all of this. And, and so we've got eight more days to prepare our hearts for this. But also eight more days to just consider why did Jesus show up? Why did Jesus come the first time? And it's kind of a dark story. It's because you and I had sin problems and uh, we had this disease that we inherited from Adam and Eve that we had a sin problem, every single one of us. And God said, okay, I'm going to come to rescue and be a cure for this. And so what we've been looking at for the last few weeks is our darkness, our sin. We'll call this today the divine cure for darkness part two. Last week we looked at part one Today we will finish this up with part two. And if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. Kind of right there in the middle of your Bible, Isaiah chapter 9, page 573 if you want to use this Bible in front of you. Isaiah was a prophet. He was speaking for God to the nation of Israel a few hundred years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem and he was telling Israel a message. And when we get... To chapter 9, it's kind of good, but let's go back to chapter 8 real quickly. We've spent some time in chapter 8. Chapter 8 is just darkness. This nation is going to be taken into captivity, Isaiah says, because of your sin, because of your willfulness, because you want what you want when you want it. God says you are actually going to be taken over by the Assyrians. It's not good for you, but this is what you get for Uh, leaving me. This is what you get for disobeying me. This is what you get for being rebellious. Chapter 8 is really about darkness. It's a spiritual darkness. And and really, it's a picture of us. It's not just a picture of Israel years ago, but it's a picture of us that there is darkness in our hearts. We come here today even with a, a bit of that. Maybe it could be bitterness or unforgiveness or anger or whatever that might be could be fear, anxiety. There's a little bit of that darkness in all of us. But we get to chapter 9, and that's where we're going to look today. And it starts with this transition word, but. Some of your Bibles would say nevertheless, but we looked at it, and it's, it's really like, but there's a little hope coming in this chapter, that there is light showing up. This is really the gospel or the good news of Jesus, that though your situation was dark, but God was working something long before you were ever born. Though you might be experiencing darkness right now, but God is working something good behind the scenes. Though you might think, oh man, the one who's in the world is just ruining us us and me, but 
we hear, oh, don't, don't get discouraged over that because the one who is in you, the very Spirit of God, is greater than the one who's in the world. There's a, but you may not see it, but there's this good news, this gospel. And this is where chapter 9 started. There's a cure coming, a light. Let me read a few of these verses as we've read them in the last couple of weeks. But there will be no gloom. For these people in darkness and distress. For her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. These are the northern tribes of Israel. But in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea. The land beyond the Jordan. Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. We'll stop there. That God is working in the midst of sinfulness and darkness. Even if you came here today and you said, oh, there's just darkness in my mind or heart. Listen, God is working in spite of this. God is working before and behind and around you. This is what God is doing. Write this phrase down if you would. That darkness creates the background ground for the beauty of light. That darkness creates this background for the the beauty of light. How many of you are going to, if you haven't already, uh, make a trip and go drive around and see some Christmas lights? Any plans for that? All right. All right. When do you typically do this? Do you do this right when the kids are out of school at three o'clock in the afternoon? Do we do this at, during your lunch break? When do you typically go see the lights? When it is dark, at nighttime, because those lights seem to pop when it is dark outside. Recently, we had a foreign exchange student with us uh, from a big city in South Korea. And one night, we picked her up from school, and we get out, and we're ready to go in the house, and she just looked up. I said, what are you doing? Get in the house. It's cold. She said, look at the stars. I'm like, okay, I see them. They're not that great. We got city lights, a lamp light. We got house lights. She's like, no, you don't understand. I live in a big city where there are constantly lights. I never see the stars. I've never seen stars like this. I'm like, okay, what happens is the darkness is the background for the beauty of great light. Why did she see those stars? Darkness created that space for the beauty. A friend of mine is a watercolor artist. and One day I saw him paint a picture and, and I'm like, I do not know how you painted this such beautiful picture with this light glowing. It looks like a light is popping off of the painting. How did you do this? Uh, is there luminescent paint you're using? He says, let me give you a secret. Here's what we do. I paint everything black. I paint everything dark all around it, but I leave a spot. And that spot of white all of a sudden pops behind the black with the black surrounding it. Why? Because darkness is the background for the beauty of light. And for the nation of Israel, a savior, a rescuer was going to stand out. And it was really going to stand out in the background of their darkness, their captivity. They needed a light. Think about this for you and me, if you would. Uh, Let's just be honest for a bit. We can easily lose sight of the beauty of God, the beauty of the grace of God, the beauty of the light of God. 
And the reason we do this is, is we just start thinking that life is good and we just forget about God. Sometimes you say, you know what, I'm not going to church. Things are good. I don't need to go. Some of us understand the habit is like, no, I actually always need the people of God, the word of God, the worship of God. I need this. But when life gets going well for you and there's no darkness, you kind of forget God, don't you? We, we typically do this. But when it gets dark, when life falls apart, all of a sudden you're like, Woohoo! I need this light in my life. It has become so dark. And this is what we see in this passage as well, is that life was becoming difficult for these people. And when it got so dark and sinful, God said, okay, maybe now you will be able to see that I'm shining a light for you. And so God is this light. He produces light in our lives. It's not uncommon that we miss this, says this in John chapter 1. You can write this passage down. Just a fantastic chapter. I'll read just a couple verses. The true light, John says, which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That is Jesus. This light was coming. He was in the world and the world was made through him. He's the creator. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. They missed him. They were looking everywhere else, and they miss the light of the world. But to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. There's a chance that you and I can miss God. There's a chance that you can miss this great gift of God even this week. When we remember that God gave his one and only son, we can miss God because we get so tied up with presence or busyness. But if you experience some darkness even this week. And I'd hope we'd figure this out before we have to experience the darkness. But in the darkness, all of a sudden you'll say, oh, I need this Savior. I need more than another gift card. I actually need the light of the world in my life. And so Isaiah, he's writing this. And he said that this light in verse 2 is going to produce joy in verse 3. Read verse 3, if you would, with me. Isaiah says, you have multiplied the nation, you've increased its joy. This, this nation that's going to be in captivity, you're going to increase its joy. They rejoice before you as with the joy at the harvest, and they are glad when they divide the spoil. He says, the light is going to come, and it's going to produce joy. I know you don't see it right now, but it's going to happen. Maybe that's your life right now. You're saying, man, it is just dark. I'll tell you what, light is being shown into your own heart. And that joy, that light is going to produce joy. Keep looking at the next verse, if you would, because that light and joy lead to victory. Verse 4, for the yoke of his burden. They're going to be yoked in, in an oppressive state. And the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. I've asked you to do this the last couple of weeks. Do it this week. If you haven't, read Judges chapter 7. It's a victorious chapter that the nation of Israel knew. They just said, this is part of our history. God miraculously rescued us. They know this when they see this word Midian. Verse 5, for every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. This week I was looking at that chapter again, chapter 7 in Judges about this victory. 
And as I looked at it, I said, I just got to get a little more of the story. So I went back to chapter 6. And as I'm looking at chapter 6, Gideon is in a state of darkness. He gets to the point and he's like, Lord, if you're really with us, how come I'm struggling? How come we are hurting? If you're with us, what's going on? You ever say anything like that? I mean, we just saying you're a good, good father. But if you're a good, good father, then how come I'm going through this? That's chapter 6. Sometimes we live in that chapter where we're saying, I, I know the truth that you're supposed to be good and gracious and all that, but I'm just not seeing it. That's where Gideon was, chapter 6. Chapter 7, God says, just let me show you the victory. I'll tell you, the victory is coming. The victory is coming for you. Jesus provides this for us. And the light and the joy and the victory is going to come in the form of a son. Look at verse 6, if you would. For to us, Isaiah says, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Now, Israel had failed God miserably. As they're hearing this message, it's like, oh, man, captivity. Okay, we have failed God miserably. We've sinned against him miserably. They did all the things they shouldn't have done. They didn't do all the things they should have done. They failed miserably. But... Here's what we know about God. God was going to discipline them as a good father. He said, okay, I'm a good father. You've messed up miserably. I'm going to discipline you as a good father. But it doesn't stop there. I'm going to show you goodness because I'm a gracious father. Consider this, if you would. God says, I, I'm a good father and I'm going to discipline you. I'm going to bring about hardships because I'm good. But I'm also going to be gracious to you. I'm going to show you goodness because I am a gracious father. Where sin increased in the nation of Israel, grace was going to increase. Where sin increases for us, God says, okay, then I'm just going to have to pour grace upon grace upon grace on you. This is crazy. Because when you and I sin against each other, it's like if you sin against me, boom, you're getting anger from me, frustration from me. You're going to get contempt from me. You probably won't get grace upon grace upon grace. But with God, he says, I'm not going to treat you as your sins deserve. Where sin increases, grace increases all the more. And he's actually making us into people like that. Write this down if you would, that the recognition of my sin leads to the revelation of God's grace. When I understand my sin, it leads me to be, see the revelation of God's grace in my life. When I think I've only sinned a small amount, I really only need a small amount plus one to cover that from God. But when I see that my sin is huge, when that is revealed to me, when I recognize that, then I understand, oh man, God, you have revealed so much grace to me. Verse 6, so for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We'll get back to those names in just a minute, but let's look at this kingdom in verse 7. Of the increase of his government 
and of peace there will be no end. His government will continue to not just move on, but to increase. The peace, the shalom that he offers will continue to increase. It will get larger and larger. It's mind-blowing that something would continue to increase. It will not end. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And hundreds of years later, God graciously gave a gift. He said, as a good father, I will discipline you. I need to do that. I need to train you. But I'm going to show you goodness. I'm going to give you a gracious gift because I'm a gracious father. And he gave his son. Over the next eight days, as you start thinking about Christmas and celebrating this, this is what we're remembering, that God graciously gave us this gift because where sin increased, grace increased all the more. And he said, I'll give you my very best. Jesus, he gave a gift as well. He didn't just hang out in heaven and say, suckers, you're going to pay for yourself. He says, you know what? I'm going to pay for you. I'm going to give you a gift where your sin increased. My grace is going to increase all the more for you. And as you recognize your sin, you're all of a sudden going to see this great revelation of God's grace even in your life. Now the nation of Israel in their spiritual and physical darkness, they were given the gift of a son. For us in our spiritual and physical darkness, God gives us the same gift, his son. Just think about all these gifts, and I just started, as I was writing this this week, I thought, man, I just want to give out some gifts on Sunday. So I want to give out a gift. Does anybody want a gift in here? Just raise your hand really high. So I see somebody back there. I can't even hardly see you. Come up here. Yeah, you. You who rose your hand. Raise your hand real quick. Get up here. Hurry up. Who? All right. I got a gift for you, buddy. What's your name? Daniel. Daniel. I met you earlier out there. All right, Daniel. Okay. I got a gift for you. Um, help me spell out your name here. And uh, take that cap right. off my pen there for me. Daniel, yeah. D, yeah. All right, all right. I'm just going to put your first name. There we go. Daniel, here's what. I'm going to give you a gift. Um, do you deserve a good gift? You deserve a good gift? <laughs> Why do you deserve a good gift? All right, that's good. That's a good thing. Good. I'm, I'm going to give you a gift. Now, you, here's what you can do with it. I mean, that's a good-looking card, isn't it? Beautiful. Yeah. So you can just look at that and just put that away. That yeah. I could probably give it to somebody, too. Wow. You could do oh, Man, that'll preach, baby. All right. Or you could open it and go, oh, man, there's some goodness to that, right? Yeah. Or you could do more than just open it. You can actually enjoy that thing, right? I mean, do you think you can enjoy I could probably enjoy that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I like the way enjoy. You can enjoy that by giving it away, too. Yeah. But here's what I want to do. Daniel, thanks for wanting a gift. God bless you. Enjoy that gift. Enjoy. Kind of fun to give gifts. I think this is what God's doing. He says, man, I see these people. They need a gift. I'm giving them a gift. But what we deserve from God with our sin, he goes, hmm, gifts. Let's see, what do they deserve? Hmm. I'm going to pour out grace. I'm not going to treat them as their sins deserve. 
I'm going to pour out grace. I'm going to give them something good. Daniel says, I kind of deserve a gift. I don't know if he deserved that gift or not. But you and I, didn't. we deserve bad stuff from God. We deserved what our sins, the wages of our sin is what? Death, separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life. It's grace that he gives to us. Now, real quickly, last week we looked at two aspects of God's gift, his son. I just want to quickly look at these in Isaiah chapter 9. In my darkness, God has provided the wonderful counselor. You can write this down real quick. The all-wise wonder worker, the, the wonder maker. This is who God is. This is what he gives. He says, I'm going to give this gift, the wonderful counselor. I'm going to give them one who is all wise, one that can perform miracles in their lives. I'm going to give them this gift. They don't deserve this gift. They just deserve captivity for all eternity. But no, I'm going to give them the all wise wonder maker to help them, to encourage them, to correct them, to guide them. This is what God gives to us. He gives us the wonderful counselor. It's part of our cure for darkness. We also looked at last week this, that God, in our darkness, he has provided the mighty God, the all-powerful, dynamic warrior, all-powerful God, mighty. He's a warrior. He's a fighter. He empowers us for the fight. He gives us strength for the battle. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, but God is able and powerful, and he will provide a way out. He's the fighter for you. This is what he does for us. Now, you can look at these gifts and go, oh, that's nice. I got a wonderful counselor and a mighty God for Christmas. That's good. You can look at that gift. You can open it up a little bit and say, okay, I'll look into it. Or you can enjoy this gift and say, oh, man, I'm going to enjoy the one who guides me and counsels me, and I can draw near to him. And the one who empowers me, I can enjoy this, and I can talk to him, and I can say, strengthen me. I need your help. I need, uh, I'm going to enjoy this gift. Well, as we go on to verse 6, we know this, that in my darkness, God has graciously provided the everlasting Father. The kids sang this today. It was just beautiful. The everlasting Father. This is the one who is the Father of all eternity. Talking about the Son, yes, there is Father God and there is Jesus the Son, but he's really the Father of eternity. He's the Father of life. He gives us life. He gives us family. Again, this is a gift that you can look at and go, okay, cool. I got the everlasting father, the father of eternity. Or you can open this up and go, oh, man, this is really good. Or you can enjoy this and say, wait a second. I get in on a family, the perfect family, the greatest family, a family with an amazing inheritance. Enjoy this gift. Well, this is one of the gifts we are given by God. I want to give out another gift. I mean, we're talking gifts. Anybody else want a gift? I got another gift. All right. Okay. Now, oh, now I see some hands being raised. All right. Young boy right there. Yeah, yeah, you. The one that's going, me? Yeah, you. All right. Come up here. All right. Grab the uh, pen. What's your name, buddy? Simon. Simon. Spell Simon for me, please. S-I-M-O-N. Now, let me ask you. Do you deserve a good gift? Yeah. You, you do? Uh, Mom, does he deserve? 
She's like, when she's holding her head like this, do you deserve a good gift? Kind of, okay. <laughs> now, you know, and if we process this, we might get to the point of like, actually, no, I don't. Okay, but I'm going to give you a gift, all right? Because I just like giving gifts, and I want to give this to you. Now, here's what you can do with this, Simon. You can just, oh, you're not just going to look at it, right? You're like, man, I want to see what's inside, right? You're open. Now, you can open that and go, oh, that's really nice. Pastor Scott wrote me a note on it. Or you can enjoy that thing. Are you just going to look at this, or are you going to maybe enjoy that? You're going to enjoy that? All right. That's how you take a gift, buddy. Thank you, Simon. Go back to your seat, baby. (laughs) This is one of the gifts that God gives. He says, I'm going to give the Father of all eternity. Write this passage down in John chapter 11. Jesus says these words, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. Here's the idea. Every single one of us, i got some bad news for you today, you're going to die, all right? But Jesus says, if you believe in me, even though this body's going to die, I'm going to give you life. I'm going to give you life for all eternity because he's saying this as the father of the everlasting, the everlasting father, Jesus. He says, this body's going to fall apart. It will. But he says, if you believe in me, I have the power, the ability, I have the authority to give you life for all time. This is a gift. It's not just a gift to look at. Simon's like, I don't want to just look at this. Show me what's inside, baby. And he looks inside. And then he says, I'm going to enjoy this. Enjoy this gift. Because here's what it happens. Jesus came to include you into his family. Came to include you into his family. When you celebrate Christmas in the next eight days, keep in mind that this Jesus who left heaven, he came to include you into his family. Don't just look at that gift. Don't get caught up with other gifts. Look, open, enjoy this gift. By faith, by trusting in him, I don't have to work hard at this. I might not even be a good member of society, but I trust Jesus and I get this. Yeah, we get this. Say thank you for the gift. We don't deserve this gift. But the recognition of our sin is I don't deserve this. And it reveals the grace of God that he would give this gift to us. And the gift of the everlasting father was part of our cure for our darkness crazy good, yet there's one more. There's one more. In my darkness, God has graciously provided the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. I want to give out one more gift. Anybody want a gift? All right. man. I'm not going to give one to this family because I've already given one to this family already here. Anybody? Buddy over there, if you're way back there, I'm sorry because I have a hard time seeing with the lights, but I see a hand over there. Young man, come up here. Who is this? Plus, I need my glasses, you know, updated. Oh, Elijah, come up here, Elijah. All right, I got a gift for you. We'll start with this question. Do you deserve a good gift or should I give you the bad gift? Which one do you deserve? You deserve the bad gift. Okay, hold on. Uh, All right, let me, okay, you're going to get this one then. (sighs) Without saying too much, why do you deserve a bad one, man? Because I'm not perfect. You're not perfect? Yeah, mom and dad, you agree with that? He's not perfect. I mean, you're a good guy. I know you, but you deserve 
the bad gift? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you the, the best gift. I'm going to give you the best gift. Now, here's what you can do. You can take that gift, Elijah. Oh, wait. Let me put your name in there. Here. Help me spell your name real quickly. E. E. L. I. Oh, sorry. You're supposed to tell me that. E. L. I. J. J. A. A. H. H. Got it. All right. Let's do that. I'm giving you this great gift here. Now, you can just look at it. I mean, that's a good-looking card, isn't it? Just put, put that on the... Oh, you're not, you're like, I'm going to open it. I want to see what's inside, right? I want to explore this a little bit. Now, you can, you can just look at it, or what, do you, what are you going to do with that? Enjoy it. You're going to enjoy it, that's right. We don't just look at that gift or open that gift, but we enjoy that, enjoy that gift, Elijah. I appreciate his answer. I don't deserve a good gift. You know what? When we start realizing I don't deserve anything good from God, when we consider that and we recognize our sin, he goes, well, I'm just going to reveal more and more grace to you. And in this case, he says, I'm going to give to you the Prince of Peace. This is one of your gifts. So the son, this gift of grace, he's the administrator of shalom. Shalom, this idea that God is putting all things back together. If we look back at Adam and Eve, when they sinned, the relationship with God and humanity was broken. But God says, I'm going to send my administrator of shalom. He's going to put it all back together. And this is one of our greatest gifts. Write these passages down if you would. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, Since we have been justified by faith, we, have treated, we are treated just as if we hadn't sinned because of our faith. We now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to ask. If you've placed your faith in Jesus, you don't have to ask, Does God like me? He does. You don't have to ask, Does God love me? He does. You don't have to ask, Is God for me? He is. Why? The answer is everything's yes in Jesus here. And you are at peace with him. The problem is you and I, when we hurt each other, am I at peace now with my wife? Oh, I don't know, I better do some extra chores or do something. I hurt you, it's like, oh, I'll ignore you for a little bit. Listen, we don't have to do this with the Lord. When we place our faith, we are at peace with him. Confess it and boom, we're at peace with him. The administrator of Shalom secured this. And because his kingdom is not just for four years or ten years, but for all time, check this passage out in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. He who began this good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He started a good work. He'll carry it on to completion. This Prince of Peace doesn't just give peace now and then say, oh, well, you blew it. No, he started a good work, and he will carry it on. And you fail, and he says, I'll carry it on. And you stumble, and he says, I'll carry it on. And you're in darkness. He says, I'm going to carry this work on. I've started it in you because I'm the Prince of Peace, the administrator of Shalom. This is going to happen until the day of Christ Jesus. That's a gift, isn't it? It's like, wow, I don't deserve that. I deserve to be treated as my sins deserve. But I get grace upon grace. But as I'm looking at this, there's even more goodness. 
I got one more gift. Who wants a gift? All right. All right. I want the guy who's jumping in the back row there. All right. I mean, it's like, notice me. Yes, you. There's only one jumping back there doing jumping jacks. All right. Come on up. Oh, yeah. He's running down. Hurry before this gift expires. All right. Grab my cap there. All right. Tell me your name, buddy. D O M N C K E Y M O U S E. No, all right, this is dominant. Okay, good, let's put that. All right, very good. There we go, we're a good team there. All right, um, do you deserve a good gift? Probably not really. You know what? You're in good company. I don't deserve good gifts from God either. I'm not God, but I got a gift for you, man. Because I want you to remember that even though you don't deserve good gifts, God says, oh, I'm pouring out good gifts for you. I should give it to you. Now, here's what you can do with that. You, you can just look at it. That's a pretty card, isn't it? Just like put it on, you know, by. What do you want to. What do you want to. Yeah, it's nice on the outside. What do you want to do with it, though? You're going to enjoy it? Well, you don't, haven't even opened it yet. Well, open it first. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Enjoy that gift, Dominic. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you see, when God gives us the Prince of Peace, it's not just so that we would have this relationship with God so that we could have peace. Okay, God and I are good. But it's peace even for now. It's peace for today. It's peace in the midst of your pain, in your troubles, in whatever you're going through. I don't know what you're going through. You know what you're going through. Look at this passage. Write this down if you would in that same book of Philippians chapter 4. He says, don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Don't be fearful about anything. But in everything, let your requests be known to God. That means pray. Talk to him about it. And the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. This is part of the gift. He says, not only will I give you a relationship where we're at peace, but I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to continue to pour it out in you. You say, man, God, I'm nervous. I'm uptight. Tell him about it. He'll pour out his peace. He's the administrator of peace. He's the administrator of shalom. And he continues to pour out this gift to you. You don't deserve that. I don't deserve that. But he pours that out to us. Write this down if you would, that Jesus came to put me together and continually hold me together. Think about this with me. He came to put you together, one who was far off from God, one who had a broken relationship or no relationship with God, to put you together with God, but now to hold you together. Because I hear from you. I see it on your connection cards each week. Some of the things this week, this person's going in for this surgery and this person's going to see this doctor and this relationship is hurting and this and this. There are a lot of things that would cause the lack of peace. But what God does is we call out to him. He has not only put us together, but he holds us together. He's holding you together right now. He's holding you together this week. You're like, man, nothing. Money's not holding me together. I can't hold myself together. That's good because the administrator of peace, the prince of shalom, he is holding you together. Do not lose sight of this. It's a gift we don't deserve. And the recognition of my sin, just, man, I don't deserve this. 
reveals then that God is full of grace toward you. And the gift of the Prince of Peace was part of his cure for your darkness. See, this week as we get ready and we start opening some presents and things like that and have some fun, consider these gifts that he's given to you. Don't just look at them this morning. Don't just open them up a little more, but enjoy these gifts. Enjoy these gifts that he's given to us. Let me finish with this, that Jesus came for me. He came for us in our darkness. He did. As you celebrate the birth of Jesus, understand that he came before you in your darkness, in your hurt, in your pain, in your sin. And let that cause you to say, oh man, God, I need you. I need you, Jesus. I need your grace. I need your wise-making counsel. I, I need that right now. God, I need the power and the strength that you provide. I need that gift right now. I need the benefit of being your son or daughter. I need that. I need to hear that again, that you love me. Say to him over and over, I need you to put me together. I need you to hold me together. And he will. Not that you deserve it, but that he is full of grace. And he will hold you and me together. This is what he does. So just like my friends that said, man, I want a gift. I'll take the gift. No one, re no one rejected that gift this morning. Here's my question for you. Will I receive his gifts and come to him? Will I receive his gifts? You probably received the other gifts under the tree that have your name, but will you receive these gifts that the Son came for you in your darkness to be your counselor, to be the powerful, strengthening, mighty God, to be the one who includes you into his family, who pours out his peace, his shalom to put you together, to hold you together. Will you receive those gifts over and over? Will you come to him? It's as if he's saying, I got a great gift for you. Anybody want this gift? I mean, they're doing jumping jacks in the back saying, I want this gift. All right. Some of you, and I said today, do you want a gift? You're just like, nah, probably ain't that good. All right. No, I don't want it. I don't want to look needy. All right. I'll let somebody else have it. Listen, you are needy. I'm needy. He has enough for all of us. I only had enough for four of you. He's got enough for all of you. When he says, will you receive my gifts? Raise the hand. Raise your hand right now. Just as a sign to say, God, I want to receive your gifts. Bow your head with me if you would. I would even keep your hand up as if you're saying, pick me, pick me. I want to receive I don't deserve it, but I want to receive what you have for me. I need your counsel. I need your power. I need this family relationship when other relationships are falling apart. I need your peace to put me together and hold me together. Me, give me that. Heavenly Father, we are in great need. And you are in greater supply. Your supply will not run out. Your promise to Israel is the promise to us today that you will give this and you have given this. I ask that you help me and my brothers and sisters to receive the goodness that you have, that we would come to you, that we would come forward 
and say, yeah, I don't deserve it, but I need it. For those who need entrance into your family for the very first time, God gives them the faith to say, I need you, Jesus, today. For those trying to do this on their own, saying, eh, I'll just try to, God, help them to receive the gifts you'd have for them today. Help us to see our need. Help us to see the gifts that you've given. And help us to enjoy them. To enjoy who you are. And over the next eight weeks, would you reveal yourself to us in greater ways. That you would reveal the fact that you are a gracious God of whom we are in great need. So Heavenly Father, thank you for this time this morning. We thank you for your word. Thank you that you have endless supply for our need. Put us together. Hold us together. For your glory, we pray all this in Jesus' name.